You guys sounded so great together, kids. Oh, I could hear your voices. That was just amazing. Yeah, no, that was just amazing. Thanks, Jake, so much. Okay, so I have um, a little story to share here. Um, I want to know, like, when you you are selling... Logan was so impressed with worship this morning, too. That's so awesome. Yes. Okay, kids, when you have a birthday at school, how many of you, like, bring treats to, to the class to, like, share for your birthday? Woo. Yes, Marissa used to do that. Okay. What kind, of, what kind of, Grace, what kind of things do you bring? What, what does mom make for you to bring? Cupcakes? Cupcakes? Okay. Oh, All right. So I, 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 yes, I do too. Yeah. So, okay. Oh, so okay. there was this, this little boy and his mom, let's just call him Jimmy. We'll call him Jimmy. Jimmy. And Jimmy, yes. And his mom, it was his birthday. His mom made him these chocolate cupcakes, but they weren't just like regular cupcakes. They were like stuffed with like cream cheese filling and like chocolate chips. And like they had this like thick, thick frosting. I mean, like they were like the ultimate cupcakes. And she made 24 of them for, to, you know, for Jimmy to give all his little friends at school because it was his birthday. So Jimmy has his little tray of cupcakes, his little container of cupcakes, and he's waiting at the bus stop. And while he's waiting at the bus stop, he's thinking to himself, man, like, there's 24 of these cupcakes. Like, why am I bringing 24 of these, like, delicious chocolate stuffed cupcakes? Why do I have to bring it to school and share them with my friends? Like, no way. Uh, okay, so he quickly runs to the backyard. He runs up into the treehouse. He has a special treehouse. And he has this, like, treasure box. So he takes all the cupcakes and he stuffs them in his treasure box. And then he goes back downstairs, or back down the stairs, back out to the bus stop goes to school, all the kids are like, happy birthday, Jimmy, we're so happy it's your birthday, yada, yada, yada. And then he gets home, he hands his mom the empty container, and he goes up into the treehouse, and he's like, okay, now I got 24 cupcakes just to, you know, chow down for myself. So he eats one, and he eats another, he ends up eating four cupcakes. And then he's like, oh, can't eat any more of those, because they're like really rich, so I'm just going to leave them in my little treasure box, and I'll come back for them later. So then he goes away on a little trip to grandma's house, because, you know, you have to celebrate with grandma. So he was gone the entire weekend. Then when he got back on Sunday, he just tore up the stairs of his treehouse. He got back in there, and he's like, I am going to enjoy some good cupcakes right now. So he gets to his treehouse. He opens up the treasure box. Now, if you have, like, cupcakes that are, that are, like, filled with cream cheese and, like, you know, super rich stuffing, like, usually cream cheese needs to be what? Ref- Cold, refrigerated, okay? So he opens up this treasure box, and what do you think is going to be inside? Uh, gross. Like, absolutely, like, green, like, mossy stuff growing on it. It smells, I mean, oh, it was horrible. So not only, okay, like, he, he's wasted all these cupcakes, he has to clean out the container of his special treasure box. So he's just thinking to himself, man, like, what a fool I was. Like, I, you know, I know I only ate a couple, but I could have shared all these cupcakes with my friends, and I could have really, like, they could have shared in my excitement, my celebration for my birthday, and now, instead of, you know, giving these away to my friends, I have this disgusting mess to contend with, right? He's got to clean all this up, throw it all away, and he wasn't able to enjoy the cupcakes anyway. That's kind of a sad story, huh? It's kind of like that guy in the Bible that, you know, he works all of his life and he stores all this stuff in his barns. And so then he's like, oh, okay, you know what? I'll get some more stuff. And then he builds even bigger barns. So then he's got like both of these barns are just filled with stuff. And he's like, I can relax now. I'm not doing any more work. I don't have to worry about anybody else but myself. And then what what happens to the guy? He dies. So did he get to enjoy any of that stuff in his barn? 
No, no. God wants us to give away our stuff. He wants us to share what we have with others. Does that make sense, Trevor? Yeah, I feel a little called out, though, I'll be honest. Okay. I have a confession. Uh-oh. Last weekend, literally, Courtney bought 24 cupcakes from Sam's Club, and I had at least 12 of them. Oh. <laughs> and it wasn't even your birthday. <laughs> it wasn't. I was just like, Courtney, I want some cupcakes, and she bought them, and I... I had a lot of cupcakes. Okay, so student ministry kids, <laughs> so, you need to get on him because, like, he yeah, could have brought yeah. him to student ministry and shared them with listen, his kids. Listen to Piper. Uh, yeah. don't, don't be like me when you grow up. Uh, but, yeah, I think, you know, we're talking about giving, and I think one of the, the big hurdles, you know, some of us just like to keep all of our stuff. But I think a second problem we have, especially if we're in elementary school, middle school, even high school, college, and even as adults we feel this, where we look at what we have, and sometimes we just think, well, it's not that much, and it's, it's not really going to make a difference. And it's, it's such a small amount. All I have are, you know, even if it is 20 cupcakes, think about how much joy that could bring other people mm-hmm. um, and how much sadness that yeah. brings you when they, when they melt. And so there's a story in the Bible that kind of illustrates this. And so we're going to read a, a quick story from John chapter 6. Um, and this is a pretty popular story. You've probably heard it. And so it says this. Uh, oh, i got to start in the right verse. In verse John 6, 5, Jesus saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? He was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, oh, sorry, I pushed the button. It, it scrolled. Philip replied, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. There's a young boy here with five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slopes. The men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterwards, he did the same with the fish. And they all ate as much as they wanted. So how many of you have ever been, like, at the Colosseum when it's full, or like Parkview Field for a tin cap sta- game, tin cap stadium, um, or even like a professional basketball game. So estimates are there were between ten and 12,000 people probably on this hill, which is about what is seated at the Coliseum. And this little boy, he had five rolls, essentially. His mom gave him five rolls. And two, it says two small fish. I like to think of them as fish sticks because that's the way I consume fish. I don't know about you guys. (laughs) So he's got five rolls and two fish sticks. And this little boy, like, you know, it's 12,000 people. Like, what would five rolls and two fish sticks do? And and I love the innocence of of this little kid, and and that's why maybe some of you who are younger are actually better at giving than than us as we get older, because you're just like, yeah, I'll share this. What's, What's the difference? You know, us as adults, we start looking at it like, what is this kid thinking? Like, he's just being silly. How everyone can have a little crumb, I guess. Like This little boy takes it to Jesus, and Jesus says, hey, we'll multiply these five rolls, these two fish, and everyone will get as much as they wanted with 12,000 people there. There's one last verse we're going to share here. It comes from 2 Timothy. Actually, just read it off the back. Uh, sorry, 1 Timothy. 1 Timothy 6.18, it says this, and this is kind of the theme verse that we're talking about. Tell them to use their money to do good, they should be rich in good works and generous to those in need. Always be ready to share with others. And that's kind of the whole idea, right? Even if we're, even if we're young, even if we don't have very much, 
God asks us to share, and that's how the world becomes a better place. And so we're going to do a little bit of a visual here as, as Jordan um, gets ready to, to share a lesson with us. Um, and so we have, what do we decide, nine? Nine, yeah, three, three each. We have nine uh, puzzle pieces up here. We're going to need a little, a little help from you guys. Um, but we have three categories. And so the question for us is, like, what are things that we have to share that maybe we could give up um, uh, doing, like, using our time? something we could use our talents to do, and something we could use our treasure to give to somebody else. And so as we talk about giving up, are there things you guys can think of like, hey, this is something I have to offer, even if it's really, really small? Think about it. Raise your hand so we can call on you. What could you guys give of your time? Oh, oh yes. I can't see. Yeah, we can't really see your face, so just go ahead and shout it out. Or just shout it. Money. Money, yes. Money is a treasure that we have that we yes, could give, yes. Awesome. Keep going. Yep. Anyone else have any? Uh, e- yes. Sharing what? I don't know what she said. Shout it out. Sharing toys. Yes. Okay, toys you. are a treasure that we have too, right? Yep. I think that's a hand. Yep. Volunteering? Volunteering. Yes. yes. That's how we can give time. Yes. Sharing food? Yeah, just like the little boy did, right? Or the cupcake story. Moral of the story, if you have cupcakes, share them. Don't be like Trevor. All right, what else do we have? Anything else we can think of? Yeah? Clothing? Clothing. Mm-hmm. Maybe when you get a car someday. Okay, we need some time and talent. Like how some gifts that you've been given. Like, yes. Oh, yes, go ahead. I can't hear Giving pumpkins away? Pumpkins, yes, because yeah, you could decorate. You could decorate them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yes. yeah. Helping people out. Yeah, with our time, serving them. Uh, if someone's like, hey, do you want to help me move? No one wants to help anyone move, right? Nobody. Yes. Nobody. All right, one more time. What is something you can give of your time? One more. Yes. Making Making cards. Yeah, Yeah, that's like so nice just to get a positive word. I love that. Uh Uh-huh. Okay, and two more. Two more things of talent. Like God has gifted you in such a way. Like kids, you should know this. What could we give away? This is like the simplest thing. Look at my face. Smile. Like that's a talent to make it like to make other people really happy every day. It is a talent. It is because some people don't know how to smile. Okay. (laughs) One more in the back there. Say it, yell it out. Napkins? I don't think it was napkins. No. (laughs) Compliments. Compliments. Thank you. Thank you, Marissa. Yes. That's a good word. Oh, that is good. Okay. So you want to wrap it? Yeah, and so, so the idea here is, um, like I said, when we, when we look at what we have, it, it seems so small, right? And a lot of times we think, you know, does smiling at someone really make a difference? Does complimenting someone make, really make a difference? You know, does, does giving of our time, our money, does it really matter because we don't have that much? Um, and the reality is, just like in this story, God takes what we offer. And think about this, right? What if everyone in the world adopted that mindset and adopted that attitude and and God would take what we give and multiply it. And then instead of just this small thing that we have, all of a sudden the world is changed because of the way we live, the way we treat people and the way that we give. Yep. 
And so that's kind of what we wanted to share, want you to think about. And so Jordan's going to come um, wrap us. I don't know if we're wrapping up. Good job. Let's give him a hand. Good stuff. So cool. Hey, it's our first Family Sunday. How are we feeling? Oh, man, we've been so excited about this, especially after if you joined us during the summertime for our family services outside and just hearing Piper's, you know, vision for this and just all of us as one community coming together, K through uh, the years go on and on. It just is so cool. <laughs> like, uh, what do I say? Just, yeah, so exciting, though, that we're all one body. We're able to be here. Now, now, Bridge Kids, where are we at? Hands up if you're in Bridge Kids. Oh, come on. You got to get more excited than that. Bridge Kids, where are we at? Okay. <laughs> Thanks, my man. So, all right, Bridge Kids, here's the deal. Okay, I haven't, I haven't taught Bridge Kids my entire life. All right? So this is a little new to me, and I'm a little nervous up here. So I need your participation throughout the sermon to keep me energized, or else your parents might fall asleep. Okay? And we don't want your parents to fall asleep. All right, and you certainly don't want to fall asleep. So here's what I need, okay? Bridge kids, if you can hear me, clap once, okay? Okay, this side of the room is doing really good. This side of the room, I need a little bit more participation. Bridge kids, if you can hear me, clap twice. All right, good. Now, bridge kids, if you can hear me, turn to your neighbor and say, you're awesome. All right, now turn to the person you just ignored and say, you're awesome too. All right, now turn to your parent and say, you're a pretty good parent. All right, I love it. Now, here's the deal. I'm going to need some participation throughout the entire sermon, okay? And so if you hear me say, bridge kids, do something, and it's something that you feel comfortable doing, I would love for you to participate. But, hey, we are so excited to have all of our body together as one church, just celebrating and worshiping. If this is your first time visiting, my name is Jordan. I am our online pastor and one of our teaching pastors here at Crossbridge and have the privilege of being able to continue our series called Be Rich, a series that Brad kicked off last Sunday, walking us through the concept of generosity. But just like Trevor and Piper talked about up here, it's deeper than just giving of ourselves to the church. It's what does it look like for us to use our time, our talent, and our treasure to give back to the entire world. And we see this concept throughout the entire Bible of where God is challenging his people and saying, hey, what can you use to bless others? Sometimes it's the church. Sometimes it's a nonprofit. Sometimes it's a stranger on the street. Sometimes it's an organization. Sometimes it's a family member. But what does it look like for us to use our blessings to then go and be generous toward others? Trevor shared this verse in, uh, in Timothy where Paul is writing to Timothy, and he's saying, hey, be rich in generosity and good deeds. What does that look like for us, whether we're just itty-bitty or whether we're a little bit older? What does it look like for us to use our gifts? And here's what's so cool about this, friends, is that we are in a position at Crossbridge to be able to do a series like this, where we are raising a ton of money, we're raising a lot of donations for toiletries and clothing items, and we're partnering with the Shepherd's House, an organization in downtown Fort Wayne that walks with veterans and helps them transition back to a healthy life, to an exciting life, to a thriving life, where many of these veterans who have served our country have struggled with addiction and struggle with, with some trauma from experiencing battles in different ways or different lifestyles. 
And so we're partnering with this organization and we're gonna raise a ton of money and a ton of items for the next three weeks, ending next Sunday. And we're just gonna give it all away. Isn't that so cool? And it gets me so excited because we are in a place because of your generosity that we don't have to do a campaign to try to raise money to meet budget. That we're in a healthy place because of your sacrifice this year that we can now do what God's called us to give back. And so here's what I want to do. We're going to walk through 2 Corinthians chapter 8, about 12 verses. It's going to be a pretty simple message. Just looking at this concept of generosity and how Paul is talking about how the different churches in Jerusalem, in Rome, and throughout Africa, and different churches were coming together and supporting one another and their needs financially, but also sacrificing all they had. And Trevor was being honest. I saw how many cupcakes he had last week. He says 12. Well, his wife probably had 10 of the other four. So 10 plus 12. There are probably two cupcakes left of these two dozen. Okay? And so what does it look like for us to have so many cupcakes but to share with the rest that don't have others or don't have any? If you need advice on that, don't ask Trevor. He'll eat them all. I did eat all the cookies. <laughs> Piper makes really good cookies, and she brought in like at least three dozen cookies this week for our staff meeting, and I was a very happy person. So cookies or donuts or, or cupcakes, or if you're having video game time or book reading time, what does it look like for you to sacrifice? And so we're going to turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. We're going to walk through 12 verses of Paul, who was an apostle. He was a teacher, and he was planting different churches. And then the churches went through extreme persecution. They had a lot of pain, they had a lot of suffering, and things just weren't going well because they believed in Jesus. And so he's encouraging the different churches to raise money, to raise materials, and to send them off to other churches. So let's go to 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Bridge kids, I have a question. Is 2 Corinthians in the New Testament or the Old Testament? Who knows? All the way back, Scotty. New Testament, my man. Everybody give it up for Scotty. Well done. Bridge Kids is 1-0 right now, 1-0. Adults, if I were going to ask you that question, would we know the answer? No. <laughs> we got no up front. It's probably pretty honest. Represent Bridge Kids. All right, 2 Corinthians chapter 8. Here we go, verse 1. And now, brothers and sisters, we want you to know about that grace that God has given the Macedonian churches. So the churches he's talking about, he's referencing uh, the church uh, from the Thessalonians, the church in Philippi, and the church in Berea, and then the different neighboring areas. That's the Macedonian churches that Paul's talking about. And they had just come together and raised a ton of money for the church in Jerusalem. And that's referenced in Romans chapter 15, okay? And so that's verse 1. He's talking about it. He's saying, hey, all of these churches, and there's been this grace of God. So verse 2 in the midst of a very severe trial, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. I want to stop there for a second, okay? There's that phrase there, friends, severe trial. And translated in English, it doesn't do it justice, okay? The Greek word shared there is thlipsis. All right, bridge kids, say thlipsis. All right, you got to say it louder than that. Thlipsis. All right, now turn to your neighbor and say, Philipsis. Now turn to the one you just ignored and say, Philipsis. All right, you're all fluent in Greek now. Well done. Hi. Two and no, Bridge Kids. You're all fluent in Greek. Good. Okay. 
This word, it means severe trial, but it means persecution. It means adversity. It means anguish. It means pressing together in pain, okay? It's used 45 times in the New Testament in 43 different verses. And one of the verses you might be familiar with, John 16, it's not on the screen, but it's when Jesus is talking to his 12 disciples. And he says, hey, in me you have peace. And in this world you will have trouble. You will have thlepsis. But take heart, for I have overcome the world. So it's that same word that's used here where Paul is talking to these churches and he says in verse two, he says, in the midst of their very severe trials, their very severe thlepsis, their overflowing joy and their extreme poverty welled up in rich generosity. For I testify that they gave as much as they were able and even beyond their ability, entirely on their own. These churches urgently pleaded with us for the privilege of sharing in this service to the Lord's people. So Paul is saying, he's like, hey, these churches, they were so excited about being generous and their eagerness was known to all that it's almost like they were begging Paul and Timothy and Titus and these different church leaders, begging them, we want to support one another. We are eager for this generosity. Verse five, and these churches exceeded our expectations. They gave themselves first of all to the Lord and then by will of God also to us. Verse six, so we urged Titus, just as he had earlier made a beginning to bring also to completion this act of grace on your part. But since you excel in everything, Corinthians, in faith, in speech, in knowledge, in complete earnestness, and in the love we have kindled for you. This is what Paul says to these Corinthians. See that you also excel in this grace of giving. And here's what's so important, friends, bridge kids, young adults, teens, adults. This is what's so important. Verse eight, Paul says, I'm not commanding you, but I want to test the sincerity of your love by comparing it with the earnestness of others. Make this your life verse, one of your life verses. This is a verse, hey, let's put these on our walls and our houses, okay? Kids, if you've got some place that you wanna put a picture frame, picture frame this verse, okay? What does it look like for God to challenge us in our generosity, to test our love by putting it up against our earnestness, our eagerness for others? That's pretty powerful. Verse nine. For you know the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, that though he was rich, yet for your sake he became poor, so that you, through his poverty, might become rich. And here's my judgment about what is best for you in this matter. Last year, Corinthians, you were the first not only to give, not only to give, but you also were the first to have the desire to do so. Verse 11, if you've got a pen, if you've got your Bible, I'll highlight these four words. Now finish the work. Now finish the work so that your eager willingness to do it may be matched by your completion of it according to your means. Bridge kids, have you ever had an idea to do something really exciting and then it never happened? Raise your hand. Oh, everyone's like, yeah. Who's ever been um, disappointed when that didn't happen? Yeah, me too. I am someone who needs a plan. I love routine, okay? I love structure. 
And when change happens, it kind of discombobulates me a little bit and it takes me a while to recover. All right, just ask my wife, okay? I've got this nice little morning routine and I got this nice workday routine and then I come home and I've got this nice watching football routine and then you repeat it on the next day, it's great. And then sometimes when there's things that happen in the plan. So, so what I see happening here is Paul is reminding the Corinthians about their eagerness in this past year. Saying, now finish the work. You have this idea. Now complete it. We're going to end on this verse, verse 12. For if the willingness is there, the gift is acceptable according, and this is so important, friends, to what one has, not according to what one does not have. Friends, this is why I get so excited about generosity and about us being able to step up as a church with bridge kids, with our teens, with your young adults, with millennials, with boomers, with silent generation, with the church as one body. It's why I get so excited about this. Because it's not about how much you give. Okay, Paul says if the willingness is there, if the eagerness is there, if the excitement is there, if the faithfulness is there, that's what matters. And so friends, here's kind of our push, okay? We kicked off last week and I'm so excited. In one week, we've raised over $2,500, okay? That's exciting, get excited, okay? Okay, but here's the push, we can do more we can come together and we can raise more. We've got a ton of toiletries already raised and already donated from our Bridge Kids. Bridge Kids, that's awesome. We can do more. We've got two Sundays left, this Sunday and next Sunday. Okay, I believe we can triple and quadruple the amount. I really do. Because I know our willingness and I know our faithfulness and I know our excitement to be generous. And so friends, if you haven't given yet, okay, I really wanna push and call you to sacrificially give whether it's $1, $5, $50, $500, $5,000, everybody has a certain amount that seems crazy and sacrificial. But exciting things happen when we come together and we be rich together. And so I want to invite you this week to prayerfully consider partnering with us on our website, on our app, and donating to our Be Rich Fund. As we look like that church in 2 Corinthians, the Macedonian churches, we come together and we donate for an incredible cause. Will you pray with me? Holy Father, thank you so much for this place. Thank you for our bridge kids, for our family service, for Piper, for Trevor, for our staff, our volunteers, for our parents, for our members, for our singles, for our friends. We're so excited about being the church and humbled that we are in a place to be able to do a campaign like this, to be able to come together as one community and be rich in generosity. In your name I pray. And all people said, amen.